Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I'm your host, J215, the number forever. Follow your boy on IG, and on my IG page is the podcast page. The best listen, the best place that you can listen to my podcast, podcast is to download the Anchor app. That's anchor.fm backslash Know Your Role Player. Whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, or many, many more apps, you will get notifications like the episodes you are currently listening to becomes available. All right, all right. Guys, welcome back. Today is Wednesday. It's a late Wednesday night. There's a lot of games on. I'm not going to get into that now. Um, got a lot to talk about, and we're going to come right out with it. So the first things first, <clears throat> if you listen to this podcast, it is a late Wednesday night, and Draymond Green has been suspended five games. All right, why protect your neck? Clay Thompson in the first quarter and Jalen McDaniels kind of uh, get into a tussle where Clay Thompson was boxing out, and I don't know, maybe he grabbed Jalen Daniels' shirt. They kind of get into a tussle, it was, and Rudy Gobert comes out of nowhere and starts grabbing Clay. And as soon as he did that, Draymond got everything he needed to to go right at and put my man Rudy Gobert in a headlock for about about 10, 15 seconds. Um, This is funny on multiple layers. One, uh, I think Draymond has been thrown out of 16 games. Remember, for the Jordan Poole incident for punching a teammate, you got suspended six games. Uh, remember, you never actually got suspended by your team. You got suspended by the league. And now for um, headlocking an opposing center, you got suspended five games. I'm going to be honest with you. They keep saying that the reason why they're giving him these games is because of like his history. They're really light on him. And listen, I, I like Adam Silver. I think he has a different approach than David Stern. But yo, David Stern and Jay Ryan did that dumb stuff. He would get suspended 25 games. And this happens at an interesting time because, one, the Warriors are kind of teetering, right? Um, you know, a week ago, the Warriors were 6-2. and two. They were giving everybody the business. Um, and, and they were looking good. Now, they're not looking as good. There's some shakiness going on in the starting lineup. And then, boom, Steph Curry gets hurt with a little mild knee sprain, which doesn't appear to be serious. But the problem is, you know... You can't say why I got injured. It's not a big injury, but, you know, I need NBA players have knee issues all the time. But the thing is, what Steph was basically doing everything, and there was no second man. ESPN had a bunch of different um, stats about, like, points Steph Curry score, points the Warriors score. And it was like he was basically carrying them by himself. And when I look at two Croperts, well, first of all, everybody not named Steph Curry needs to play better, including Steve Clark, including the general man. All of these guys need to play better, right? The Warriors are sitting at 6-6, six and six, and we're going to go over their next five games to see how they do from here, right? So they got to Oklahoma City on Friday, right? Let's get the full schedule real quick. All right, here we go. They got Oklahoma City on Friday, Oklahoma City again Saturday. Monday, they got Houston. Wednesday, they got Phoenix. And Friday, they have San Antonio. Steph Curry has already been ruled out for Thursday, and Draymond won't come back until after the Sacramento game, the next five games. Then they got back-to-back games at the Clippers. So listen, Tuesday, November 30th, is when probably the best bet when both of those guys will be back. Steph might be back before then, but that's the next five games without your best offensive player and your best defensive player. So whatever chops that this team has, we're going to see it. Um, Klay Thompson has been bad, and Wiggins has been abysmal. And if y'all notice, my tone kind of ticks and changes when I talk about Wiggins because, again, 
He is the number one draft pick, and he's played horrible. All right, and you know what? And I always got to give the stats, too, because I don't want to ever make it seem like that, um, you know, I'm hating or malicious thing. So let me let me, let me me hit y'all with some stats. Ooh, my man Wiggins, all right? Uh, my man Wiggins is averaging 10.4 points per game, uh, four rebounds, 0.9 assists, I know he's shooting horrible because he hasn't made anything. Uh, let me let me let me let me give you all a full breakdown of Mr. Andrew Wiggins. All right, <clears throat> he's shooting eighteen percent from the three point line. Forty. Ah, this is ridiculous. Forty eight percent from the three throw line. I I thought I was reading the wrong player. Uh, four rebounds, point eight assists, point two blocks. He is still playing good defense. I will give him that, but he's been absolutely horrible. He's been absolutely horrible. Um, there, to my knowledge, there's been no injury reported. Every shot is short. Every shot is short. Um, but th- again, with me, with Wiggins is always aggression. That's what I always look for. Like aggression, going hard to the rim. I want to remind people when it comes to Andrew Wiggins, he has athleticism on par with Tracy McGree and Kobe Bryant. That is not a out. That's not a crazy stretch. He is as good as an athlete as far as quick jumper, 40 inch vertical, all of that. But he don't got the drive and he don't got the will that those guys do. Because I don't think he ever really cared about being great. Again, another reference point. Andrew Wiggins was drafted number one overall ahead of Joel Embiid. In Kansas, the comp on Andrew Wiggins was inconsistent play, right? Um, This Warriors team is set up for him to be good. You know, what he was special at when he won a championship, rebounding, playing timely defense, hitting big shots, and being aggressive, you know, sometimes posting up. They're not getting anything from him. And again, Clay Thompson's in the contract year. So I'm gonna be honest with you with Clay. Clay does this thing where he has good uh up down, up down, up down, up down. He'll probably really play well with the absence of Steph Curry and Draymond. But Wiggins is the guy they need to get going, right? And they gotta go five hundred because you don't wanna go 0 and five in this in this next period, you know? The Timberwolves respectively kind of gave him the business. And if we look at the Eastern Conference standings, which I'm about to do right now, um the Minnesota Timberwolves are sitting pretty. Listen, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Anthony Edwards, we're getting to a point, and I'll talk about this later, where Anthony Edwards is going to make his case legitimately for first-team All-NBA, right? And as crazy as that sounds, yo, if the Minnesota finishes top four, he's in it because his numbers are going to be there. He's going to have all the highlights. And again, if they finish top four, he's going to have the big games to kind of match, you know, the play, uh, the improvement, and, and the all-around. You know, you got the team success and individual success. That'll put him right there. So real quick... If we look at the Western Conference standards, right? Golden State is six and six. They're the eighth seed right now. Now, none of this matters because honestly, in 20 games, all these players are fluctuate. All these teams are fluctuate with wins up and down. But right now, Golden State is six and six with their two best players to miss at least three to five games. Draymond guaranteed missing five games. And and um you know dream uh and and uh, curry you know kind of a day-to-day basis and we look at teams like OKC Houston Dallas is 9 and 3 Minnesota 8 and 2 and Denver is 9 and 2 right so Golden State has their work put out in front of them and whatever they're made of we about to find out real soon right but that's cool right and on the other side of that another team is 8 and 2 that team is the Minnesota Timberwolves now, they're currently playing um, the Phoenix Suns right now. I'm not going to get into that. I don't want to talk about anybody's, anything about today's action today. We'll talk about that on Friday. So real quick, um, Minnesota is here. Rudy Gobert, you know, probably the last year and a half hasn't been peak Rudy. 
Uh, he's good. Minnesota's one of the best defensive teams in the league. Anthony Edwards has a coming out party, and I'm starting to feel like they're getting a better job as far as getting shots for um, my man Cat Carl Anthony Towns. Now, a lot of people have speculated that Towns is kind of guy he might trade with the big contract that he gave McDaniels. I'm going to disagree with that, and I'm going to just think that, like, okay, that's an option, but let's let's try to make this work, and let's see this thing through. Remember, um, Andrew, um, excuse me, Anthony Edwards got injured in the playoffs versus Denver, and they didn't really get the same a chance to see how they looked at full strength versus Denver, right? But going back to Minnesota, after um, the drink game where Draymond tries to get into it with Edwards, and Edwards basically gives them the business, they play him again, right? Uh, and again, no curry in this game, but it is what it is. So Chris Paul plays in 36 minutes. He finishes about 15-4. and four. Wiggins. Oh, my gosh, this is horrible. Uh, again, Clay only played two minutes because he got thrown out the game. Wiggins, four out of 15 with five fouls and nine points. That is not a typo. That, that's awful. Yo, Dario Saric, 21-4-4. Four four. Come on, man. Like, yeah, yeah, like, come on, man. That's a great game by Dario. All right, so this guard, B. Pazimski, was an absolute stud. 19-18, 9-18, excuse me. Three out of eight from the three-point line. Seven rebounds, two assists. And he was the only guy that was getting dribble penetration that could create his own shot. He looked really good. So, um... Minnesota's looking good. You know, um, my man Mike Conley hits a big three to kind of end the game. Anthony Edwards, you know, wasn't on the same scoring rampage, but it was a balanced effort. And another thing is Carl Anthony Towns has his way. But the other thing is, and the biggest thing is, they really do match up well against Golden State. And they match up well against a lot of teams. Listen, if you want to play big, that's cool. They can play small cat at the five, but, you know, they have a lot of different options and variables to work. So they, they look good, man. And again... Speaking of teams and looking good and carrying on and continuing that trend, I have to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. You know, it's not that I slept on the Dallas Mavericks and, you know, I, I always get on Luka, but they have a really good team. I talked about the role players, how well um, Williams is playing, Derek Lively is playing, now they got three-point shooters, Kyrie is being a phenomenal number two option. And the other thing you notice is, is that Luka... Uh, usage percentage is down and the team is up. You know, when people talk about sacrificing, it's not just empty words. It has to be an action, right? And I just love everything I'm seeing from the Dallas Mavericks. You know, I think they lead the NBA in three point shooting at about 39%, which is huge for Luka. Again, you got a lob threat that's a rookie. You got wing players. You got role players. Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench is just shooting everything. It's, it's the vibes are good in Denver. The vibes are really good in Denver. And things look to be better, you know. With this trade line going on, you can always add talent, you know. Uh, I'll talk about the Sixers later, but you never want to get complacency with an early start and think that, oh, we don't need to make any moves or adjustments. But I am absolutely loving what I'm seeing from the Denver Nuggets. Excuse me, the Dallas Mavericks at 9-3, and three, all right? Uh, a couple other things. So, one thing I want to talk about is my Philadelphia 76ers, all right? And, um, you know, with Zach Levine and the Bulls struggling, and it just kind of team meeting after team meeting and loss after loss, it appears that they're looking to go in the direction of either blowing it up or just trading off some of their best players and starting to rebuild, right? And there's a little bit of, um, I don't want to say early complacency, but it's just a little, I just don't like a little bit of the energy and the words that I'm hearing. So, I understand that the Sixers basically traded hard to get cap space and to say, yo, let's go. We got this offseason and next season, 
you know, we'll, we're making a big, big move. We'll get a free agent. We'll put somebody next to Embiid and Maxi. I understand all of that. But just not thinking about getting Levine just because you started off the season well is dangerous, right? So, one, the Sixers are an injury away from not being good. The injury can go from Joel Embiid or Tyrese Maxey. They, again, they have depth, but they don't have depth. We need a backup point guard bay, and we need backup ball handling. It's very important, right? And then the other thing is, like I said, because you're playing well, it's like, oh, we don't need anything. But the Sixers had a relatively easy schedule, right? They did lose last night to Indiana, and uh, Tyrese Halliburton gave him the business. I'll talk about him a little bit later. But you you still want to have this happy balance of staying aggressive and, and you know, kind of riding the wave. I, I just want the Sixers not to be like, yo, we don't need Levine. We're good. You're not good, right? You're doing good now because things are working for you, but there are ebbs and flows of the NBA season, right? And things fluctuate. As things go up, they kind of go down, and you kind of have to balance things out, right? You know, Maxie's coming off a 50-point game in Indiana, and in the next game he lost with Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton gives us the business, has almost has 15 assists and zero turnovers, Right? And so, you know, it's not about that. And then they lose again tonight to the Celtics. But, you know, the whole point of it, of me saying this with the Sixers is don't just think because you're doing well, you don't need to make any changes, right? Change is good in the fact that you have Embiid and Maxi and you have a great two-man game, but there's still other things you can have. And like I said, a backup point guard and ball handling is the number one priority for the Sixers because if Maxi, God forbid, ever got hurt, we're beat. We don't have a we don't have a lead guard to dribble. We don't, you know. And the way this team is built, we don't really have a backup big. Paul, um, Paul Reed is good. I want to take that back a little bit, but it's almost like things are well. So you know, we're kind of avoiding the other things that could happen. That's all I'm saying about that. All right. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about is the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I apologize. There was supposed to be another episode on Monday, but. Unfortunately, the episode, I wasn't able to upload it correctly and I had to lose it. All right. So it's been a little bit of a while since my last pod, a little bit of transparency. My last pod was November 6th. That's a little bit over a week. So I want to go back to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday or the Monday, Wednesday weekend schedule. Right. So again, today is a late Wednesday night. I want to try to get your episodes at least three times a week. And again, my goal is to get onto YouTube before the end of the season, all right, whenever that might be. Now, last thing I want to talk about is the Los Angeles Clippers, right? They're 0-5, they they look really bad, and it just looks like it's going to fall apart. I'm going to actually take a different approach and say I think they're going to be okay. There are some good signs I've seen, even though they did lose to the Lakers. They say, oh, you know, the Clippers stink. Now, one, um, when it comes to sacrifice, I think Ty Lue has to do a little bit better job of being transparent of who needs to sacrifice, right? And so let's just put myself in a coach's head. The first thing he needs to do is let James Harden lead the second unit, right? Because again, he's really big on, you know, letting James do his thing and we kind of all take a back seat to that. Well, to me, James can do his thing on a second unit, you know, playing with shooters, uh, playing with a big that rolls to the rim, kind of playing, you know, James Harden ball, right? And so to me, maybe Harden comes out at the seven-minute mark or the eight-minute mark, right? And then, you know, you let the rest of the guys play most of the first, and then Harden's the first guy towards the end of the first quarter. He can start the second quarter the rest of the game. You know, even though, like I said, they have been losing, he's been trending up. I have liked what I've seen from him. Now, for some reason, he keeps pump faking wide-open shots, and I'm not sure why he's doing that. But again, I I do not think it's all bad. Now, 
He's only averaging five and a half assists. Um, he is being aggressive. I, I saw some good moves going to the rim. He's not washed. I know, like I said, I know it's easy to pile on the Clippers. And I, I know it's just like, yo, Clips going to clip and all this other stuff. But I do believe in the Clippers are going to turn this thing around. But they got to do it soon, right? Because with every game, there is more pressure. And there is visible frustration. The other thing is, Kawhi doesn't look great physically, right? Now, he's been having some good games and some bad games, but... There was a couple of plays last night where he was going to the rim to dunk, and, you know, he didn't really get good elevation. You know, I don't know if he took off well, but, you know, as, as the season go on, I do expect him to look a little bit better physically because he doesn't look – it's not not about a shape thing, but just how he's moving, he could move a little bit better. And also, it's going to have to be more of a um, a commitment by Ty Lue of who is in what role. And what I mean by that is if you got guys like Paul George who, who went off last night, he had a really good game, right? They have to establish who the best player is because I believe the best talented player is Paul George, right? Now, he is not a better accomplished player, but Kawhi physically doesn't look as good as he has Pete Kawhi. I think Paul George physically is the best uh, player right now, all right? So, like I said before, let's go over the things that the Clippers can do. One, I think Paul George should be the focal point of the offensive um, Arsenal. As for, I think they should run the most sets for him, right? Two, I think James Harden should lead all second units, right? He wants to do the ISO ball, you know, the pick and roll at the top of the key where he attacks the center or he gets a step back jump shot. I think he can do that when he's the primary option. So I think he should be the first one off the bench, the first one going to the bench early in the first quarter, and he should be the first person, um, <clears throat> he should be the first guard to lead the second unit, right? The next thing, even though I said Paul George is the primary offensive option and he should get the most shots, it's also important that Kawhi likes to start early. I noticed in a lot of games, he likes to get, you know, six to eight points in the first quarter. So I think it's good for him to establish himself early, whether that's mid-post, pick and roll. And Paul George and Kawhi, they both either the team and themselves, they have to get better shots going towards the rim, right? Too many times when I watch those guys, they're selling for jump shots. And while that's cool and they're both good shooters, they do have athleticism and enough ball handling and skill to get to the rim at a higher rate than they do, I believe, right? So I would like to see that. And the third is Zubac. Um, listen, when you got that many offensive players out, you still kind of got to forget about your others. And the whole point of having a balanced roster in the starting five is like you got your primary options and your secondary options. Somebody is going to have to take the secondary role, all right? And again, who is that? Is that Westbrook? You know, to me, I thought Westbrook actually is funny enough. I thought he brings the best dynamic is he plays faster and he brings more energy to him, right? Too many times the Clippers just kind of play slow and methodical. And then Harden comes is kind of more the same thing. I thought Westbrook was the dynamic that they kind of really needed and they fed off even with how good he played in the playoffs, right? So, so here's my thing. Like I said, those are the things that I think need to happen. And I just think I don't think they're this bad. They're three and seven. They got the Houston Rockets on Thursday. Um, I don't think they're this bad, but I do think it's now or never because you can't you can't be three and ten, three and twelve. You can't dig yourself out of a hole in a Western Conference where every night you go up against a great opponent, right? <clears throat> and that's my feeling on the Los Angeles Clippers. All right, now the last team I want to talk about before I get y'all out of here is the Los Angeles Lakers. All right. I have nothing bad to say about LeBron. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal this season. Again, his, his age and his playing style, you can't ask for anything else. But again, this was supposed to be the season that Davis took over. And again, it's early in the season. It, the Lakers are, you know, 6-5. We're 11 games in the season. 
After 10 games, you can get your first sample size. After 30 games, you can find out what you are, right? But for the Lakers to go anywhere, Anthony Davis has to be better, more aggressive, and he has to be the best player, and he has to be the best scorer. You know, you can't just LeBron Davis every time things go bad, right? And the other part is D'Angelo Russell, right? So D'Angelo Russell has these inconsistent games where he's good at sometimes and he's bad sometimes, right? And it's tough because it's like they re-sign him and then Dennis Schroeder outplays him by a mile, right? But then it's like, okay, well, we re-sign him to get an asset. Well, how can he be an asset if nobody wants him? And again, we're going to have a Rob Palenka conversation on how he gets good rosters and make a roster worse and then has to kind of fix his own mess. And then we do the, yo, Rob Palenka's great. This cycle, of the Rob Palenka cycle is wild. It's not going to be on the day show, but it's, it's for another day. So, like I said, with the Lakers, Davis has to be better, all right? Shot attempts, efficiency, and again, I'm going to zig where everybody else zags. I know they want him to shoot all these threes and six threes a game. I disagree. Pick and roll, post moves, get in the paint, be a lob threat, and play with force. You know, if you want to shoot, shoot the mid-range. He's not a great three-point shooter. Again, you want him to add it to his game and sprinkle it five, but if he's shooting six threes a game, you're winning the game. I think you're winning the game. All right, he was one of the worst jump shooters last year. His jump shot comes and goes, but again, if you want to extend it all the way up to the three-point line, that's fine, but I just don't think that's optimal. And the other thing they have to do is they kind of have to find Austin Reeves. Um, last year, Austin Reeves was a real big revelation for them. He was the third best player. Now, he's not playing bad this season, right? He's still averaging 14 points, um, four and a half rebounds a game, four and a half assists, but it, it kind of just seems like he doesn't have the same, same impact. You know, recently he went to the bench and uh, Cam Reddish is starting, and I think they kind of, you know, the only thing Cam Reddish gives him is more athleticism and a three-point dynamic, but Cam's not much of a ball handler, you know? So what he's going to have to do is it's going to be with one and two dribbles. So it's just really important for, you know, now they moved all Reeves to the second unit so he can kind of get a better rhythm, but it's just really important for those guys to step up because, again, the most unsustainable thing that the Lakers are doing is letting LeBron do everything because what's going to happen is you'll stay afloat, you'll stay good, you'll stay about a 500 team and around playoff contention, but the closer you get to the playoffs, he's going to start to wear down, right? Again, remember earlier in the season, the first game where he played like 28 minutes? I don't think that was a bad thing, but the thing is, this game's, this team's not good enough for him to play 28 minutes. They need him to be him, and he can't do everything for you and be there towards the end of the season. Something's got to give. Others have to step up. Hashtag know your role player. You know, um, they need better guard play. They need more shooting. The, the shooting dynamic for the Lakers is bad. You know, and again, Anthony Davis needs to be this guy that y'all y'all faint over every year. You know, he has stretches. Let's give me a season of it. And again, it's early in the season and things do fluctuate. But that's all I'm asking for, right? And um, I'll wrap it up there. So a couple of things I want to talk about. I don't have a ton of information on it, but um, I want to talk about Mark Jackson on Friday because it's I don't know what's true and what's not true, but I feel like there's unfair rumors about Mark Jackson. And I like to have an open conversation, right? So I want to talk about that on Friday. Um, and also want to talk about Ice Cube on Friday. But we're going to wrap it up here. Also Friday, I'll give you my five in-season predictions that I think will happen. You know, I didn't do my hot take, so we'll do our in-season prediction. Um, I got some good stuff for y'all. That'll be either Friday or Saturday. Probably Friday because I'm working Saturday. But again, appreciate y'all as always. Please like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace.